Hello and welcome to my 2022-2023 St. Mary's preseason preview. Uh, fresh off of watching the St. Mary's Australia basketball games for the preseason uh, and was incredibly impressed with them. Don't think they had they have one more game. I don't think that one will be broadcast. I could be wrong. So thought I'd get into the preseason preview now that I've gone to look at the team. Um first we'll go into the my thoughts about the team itself, then I'll go into the players, then I'll go into how I predict they'll do with the schedule, with their how they'll the record will be, and then I'll get into my team awards for St. Mary's. All right, let's get started. My thoughts on the team. Um this could be St. Mary's best offensive team in a long time. The offensive versatility is incredible. Uh, the fit of the players is amazing. And the depth. There is a lot of depth on the St. Mary's team, um, more way more so than I think uh, last year. So Brandy Bant really has a, an ability to mix and match some lineups depending on what he needs. Um, the offensive versatility I'm talking about is... He, the guards, how they fit with the wings specifically. Uh, you have three guards on this team who all can handle the ball, all can pass, and all are incredible out of a pick-and-roll situation. Um, Augustus Marcellianus, uh, he is the best passer out of a pick-and-roll, best passer in the team. I would even say the best passer in the league uh, for the West Coast Conference. Uh, incredible vision. Um, he knows how to just pick players out that you wouldn't people normally wouldn't be able to and that really helps open up the floor for the shooters in Alex Dukas and Lemet Bockler I mean the two snipers on the team both uh can have improved upon their games to be more so than just snipers but sticking with the guards Augustus Marcilianus uh great out the pick and roll he has an incredible control over his body uh every one of his movements seems so precise and just well thought out and he's able to may not be like the shiftiest player or the fastest but he's so in control of his body that he's able to get open whether it's for himself or make a defender jump at him to get someone else open and he can uh fit he can fit some incredible passes into places where you just didn't think there was a passing lane or anything. Um, so I think he is a incredible, and he will be improve upon this year. He still is limited offensively. Um, he can get his own shot or in spacing for the shot, but doesn't always finish all the time. He's still pretty limited around the basket. Um, the three-point shot isn't quite there yet, and the mid-range isn't quite there. He's really still that floater and layup guy, but... There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Tommy Cousy made a living of it before last year. So I think he'll kind of fill that role and be uh, more so of a passer and, uh, you know, get his buckets around the rim rather than the outside. Uh, I don't have him start having him off the bench. Starting, first guard I have starting is Aiden Mahaney and Logan Johnson. Uh, Aiden Mahaney was incredible. Uh, part of the reason why I'm so excited about the team this year. Uh, I will say I think St. Mary's might be – uh, my favorite team I'm going to watch this year. Last year was San Francisco. I, Bouye and Shabazz were so electric. It was so much fun watching them. Well, this year it's Augustus Marcellianus and Ada Mahaney. Uh, those two are so much fun to watch out the pick and roll. Uh, Mahaney is incredible offensively out of it. He's so aggressive. Uh, Stephen Carr, a Gonzaga reporter on 
just Twitter and he does podcasts and stuff. Uh, he said Aiden Mahaney is fearless and that is the perfect word to describe him. Uh, he is absolutely fearless, has no problem taking a big shot where they need it. In this last game versus Phoenix, uh, he, over time, I think he had three or four shots and just was not phased by it. At the end of the game, I think he, he hit the game big three to put him up two. Um, took a shot before that he's open and just missed. I mean, he, he can get his own shot, and especially late in the clock, something similar to what Jordan Ford did. Jordan Ford had a great ability to get his own shot late in the clock uh, and wasn't afraid to take you know game-winning shots, and Aiden Mahaney has a similar trait in that. Uh, and I compare those two a lot because I think both of them are just, they were so offensively driven out of a pick and roll, and they're so incredible at getting either to the rim or getting their shot at the three-point line. Um, Aiden Mahaney just has a great step back. He he knows, it seems like when he, know, he knows whether to choose to go to the hoop or he has the space to step back and to get a three-point shot off. Going to the hoop, he has a really he's really creative around the hoop. Uh, whether it's a runner, uh, he's patient. Sometimes he'll pump fake, wait, and then do a little scoop layup. Um, he has a nice little fade layup too. I mean, he can finish in a variety of ways. Um, the only thing I have noticed, uh, is that sometimes that aggressiveness on offense can lead to turnovers as he puts himself in bad situations when going towards the hoop, but it wasn't enough where I was really much of a concern. Um, also I would say, uh, Augustus Marcellionis and Logan Johnson are definitely better defenders than him, but Mahaney can hold his own in his own right. Moving on, we have Logan Johnson, uh, Logan Johnson did not look like himself in Australia. I don't know what was happening or something was going on, but uh, he wasn't really getting minutes. Uh, maybe Brandy Bennett just wanted the Marcellionis and Aiden Mahaney to get all uh, a lot of minutes to get you know up and running, but it seemed weird. Um, and even when he did play, just did not look like himself. Uh, wasn't really looking to get shoot anything was still solid. I mean, good defensively. Um, like he has been the last two years, he's been fantastic defensively, still looks great defensively, but as far as offensively really didn't try to get going to the rim and, uh, struggled with some pressure as did, I will note all the St. Mary's guards, the Phoenix team and their, uh, I think it's the fourth game they've played. Uh, they've struggled, uh, with the pressure of the, and, and, ABL NBL team the well the Phoenix put on them uh, they did full court uh, full court press at times and St. Mary's turned the ball over that could be because I mean you have two young guards in Mahaney and Marcellionis both uh, kind of struggled to Bockler at times struggled a little bit with that pressure um, but yeah the that was a little bit of a concern when seeing them turn it over a lot which is something St. Mary's normally doesn't do uh, moving into the small forwards and uh the wings uh, start off with Alex Dukas, who looks inc- great for this upcoming season. Uh, so confident on three-pointers like he has been, but he looks like he's ready to take the next step up and take over that scoring leader role uh, for St. Mary's. Um, has definitely improved going towards the rim and around the rim. Likes to post up his players, uh, especially... These last two games, he's really gone uh, comfortable with getting near the rim and actually backing a player down and hitting a little shot on them or uh, fake hitting a pump fake and then getting his layup against him. 
uh the percentages when he dig inside weren't great but he's definitely better and more confident around there uh, his dribbling has improved he really does not like think about his three-point shooting if he gets the ball and he's got space he's putting it up and uh, he's such a good shooter i think he'll be the leading scorer on the team this year and he'll be uh definitely i think first team all west coast conference uh moving into the, who i was really impressed with was lee met blockler um just looks really confident coming off of his injury and i think last year i mean his freshman year when you hit 1.43 is at over 40 percent a game you got a really good player to work with uh, especially shooter last year just was injured couldn't get anything going still was solid from three but just the injuries are tough to come back from but he looks healthy again um looks so good has a similar game to dukas not as good of a rebounder though but I would say a better dribbler and better at creating his own shot. Uh, Lee Bockler really is confident shooting and shooting off the dribble now. Uh, he hit a couple mid-ranges, uh, wasn't afraid to dribble the ball up the court, actually, and he started some pick-and-roll stuff for himself. Um, confident three-point shooter, just gives him such a good option. And with him and Marcellionis coming off the bench, uh, you have two starter-quality guards for St. Mary's that are coming off the bench. And I can't remember a time when you have like players that are ready to go in the starting lineup and they are will be coming off the bench. I mean, that is something that's rare for a mid-major to have. So St. Mary's is blessed to have, a, like I said, a deep roster earlier. I mean, they have some good players, especially at the wings and guard position. Moving in on the last wing that I want to talk about uh, extensively is Chris Howell. Uh, redshirted last year, didn't get any playing time comes in i this is my first time seeing him i've seen some high school stuff from him but i mean it's high kind of hard to judge from high school you can get the basic ideas what they're good at but you never know how that's going to translate exactly but uh i was impressed with him um i would say he has a game similar to logan johnson but better three-point shooting ability um so it kind of makes me question logan johnson's role a little bit and maybe maybe that's why Randy Bennett's okay with Logan Johnson not getting less minutes, but I don't know, but Chris Howe looked good. Um, I believe in the second game he had four threes in the two games I watched. I think he had one only uh, or two, which is still good, hitting one three a game, uh, but you can see the potential in him. At 6'6", he can do a little bit of everything. A good rebounder. He's fantastic defensively. Uh, maybe one of the best defensive players on the St. Mary's roster. And uh, he also, has, I mean, is a better floor spacer, can dribble, uh, get to, I mean, set stuff up for the team and bring the ball up the court. So Chris Howell uh, really impressed me. There's a lot of potential there, and there's a lot to like in his game. And then the last player I think we'll get me, and we'll go into the centers now, or uh, the power forwards, uh, Kyle Bowen. Kyle Bowen's just uh, fantastic defensively. Uh, is able to space the floor now with his three-point shooting, improve that last year. If he can keep that steady, that'd be huge for St. Mary's. Uh, they can run lineups where they'd have four people able to shoot if they wanted to, and then Saxon in the middle. But uh, Bowen's fantastic defensively, uh, such a good defensive rebounder and offensive, just rebounder in general. He gets a lot of boards, um, always is hustling. He's just a fantastic uh, player for Randy Bennett because he fits the mold of St. Mary's, and He'll do anything to win, um, and he just has a lot of grit. And so I think Kyle Bowen, uh, he's kind of the unsung hero of this team. I would say the glue guy for sure. Um, without him, 
you would be starting, a, you know, a Bockler or Howell or Dukas down there, and you'd be a little bit smaller, but also you just wouldn't have that, that toughness that Kyle Bowen brings. Um, so I think he's a huge part of this team, and he might not get recognition for it uh, at the end of the season in terms of awards, but uh, definitely I would say the second most important player or third most important player on this team behind Alex Dukas. Um, and then we got at center, Mitchell Saxon. I mean, I was worried when I I had Saxon projected start of the entire summer. Wasn't sure how he'd translate. I mean, you've seen sparks of him, seen him have some good games in his time at St. Mary's so far, but I was interested to see how he developed this offseason because that was a big reason why I was worried putting St. Mary's second. Even though I think I had him second all, all preseason, all the summer, I thought they'd be good, but I was like, wasn't quite sure about Saxon starting at center, but uh, that has completely gone now. Um, and I will say Saxon is possible defensive player of the year candidate in the West Coast Conference. He is fantastic defensively. His length uh, is amazing. He has is superb at switching, or not switching, but at help side defense. His rotations are incredible. Uh, and not only that, but the way he can place himself also out of a pick and roll he managed to always seem to be seems to be in the right spot where the point guard or whoever's coming off the pick can't seem to have a good passing angle to this uh, roller. Saxon really clogs up the pick and roll well, and he's able to cover whether it's is gets whether it gets through. He's able to turn and actually contest the shot, or he can contest the guard. Um, in terms of blocks, I wouldn't say you'll get a lot. Maybe one point five. That's still a good amount. Um, that's still really good, but I think his impact will just be – I mean, he gets a lot of deflections too. Just You'll see him all over on defense. And um, the defensive rebounding, he's a fantastic defensive rebounder. Offensively, um, Kyle Bowen looked like the much better offensive rebounder, and Saxon didn't look as aggressive down there, but defensively, Saxon was getting a ton of boards. He looks great offensively. Uh, switching to offense now for him – good around the rim anything outside the rim he's not really there yet which is fine because they they can space out the floor there's plenty of space for Saxon on the inside um, and they're mostly running off pick and rolls there were a couple times he did get the ball down low and he was able to make a move and hit a couple shots I mean he makes a lot go in that I was like oh how did that go in um, <laughs> just because it's sometimes it comes off his hand flat, but he can still it just goes in the hoop. Uh, he was fantastic versus Phoenix. I believe had over 20 points that game. Really good coming out the pick and roll. Um, good hands finishes. And like I said, he can finish some tough contested shots around the rim. But uh, the big thing about Saxon is the defensive, how good he is defensively. Um, and he'll be a big part of the reason why I think St. Mary's can be a, a top 15 team defensively. And those, these two post players in Bowen and Saxon are a big reason why I'm high on them defensively. Along with Marcellionis, he's a fantastic defender. Howe's a great defender. And Logan Johnson's a great defender. They're going to be top 15 defensively again, I think. But the biggest thing about this team this year is I can also see him being a top 75 team offensively, which is huge. I, see, I can easily see him averaging over 70 points a game because there's so much scoring potential on this team. Um, and then we'll talk about Saxon's backup. Sorry, got a little sidetracked there, but talk about Saxon's backup in uh, Harry Wessels. Harry Wessels, uh, the seven foot one man out of Australia, freshman, true freshman. Um, 
he's he has a lot of potential uh he moves well for seven foot one he's very active on defense you can see him kind of has a, has a little bounce in his step uh he's always ready to move or just get somewhere so active on the boards he will be a really good player uh having he should step up right away and be able to give meaningful minutes should saxon need a break and wessels right after saxon leaves you get the saxons for two if maybe three years but even so Wessels will come and replace Saxon, and he will be fantastic. He will be so good for St. Mary's. Um, he was impressive to me. Still has stuff to work on, you know, more on the IQ, but I think, I mean, defensively he looked good, got to his spots I needed to. Um, rebounding, he was active. Scoring-wise, around the rim, kind of like Saxon, but he has good hands. I, I think he'll be a really good player. There's a lot of potential there. And then we'll talk about the three limited role players. Uh, I didn't get to see two of these players play in Australia, Josh Jefferson and Matt Van Komen. Didn't see him play at all. Uh, and then Mason Forbes got a very limited role. Um, in his limited minutes, uh, I think he had two turnovers and didn't really do too much. So I expect him to have a limited role, but it's nice depth to have on the team. Um, that's it for the players. Uh just a really impressive group of players. Uh, St. Mary's is very deep this year, and not only that, they have a they have a lot of young talent. Uh, say you get Saxon for two years, or you can get him for two years after this one, this one and the next, um, or you will get him for two years. And then Adam Haney, only a freshman, I expect him to start or or at least get starter minutes. Uh, Augustus Marcellionis, I mean, you get three years out of him. Bockler, I mean, I could see him going five years because that injury last year basically took away that year. And then he had a COVID year the first year, so I could see him having three more years. Harry Wessels, freshman. Chris Howe, redshirt freshman. I mean, the talent on this team is fantastic. Uh, the future is so bright in Moraga, uh, especially with these players leading it. And you can see how each player will fill the role of the player that is already in the starting lineup. Like Harry Wessels, I can see him filling Mitchell Saxon's role. Uh, Bockler, I can see how he's going to fill Dukas's role. And then Chris Howe can fill Logan Johnson's role. Marcellionis kind of replaces Kuzi this year. Mahaney kind of comes in and gives him a Jordan Ford star player that should uh, help propel St. Mary's. So within these next couple years, I mean, the team should be in good hands. And um, they just got to commit believe it's Andrew McGeever, McKeever, Andrew McKeever. Uh, and he has a, he's pretty similar to Harry Wessels and Mitchell Saxon. So having him, he'll be the next guy up. I mean, uh, Randy Bennett's got, uh, he's got some recruiting momentum going. So, uh, it's really excited for the future of the St. Mary's team. Now we'll get into the schedule thoughts. Uh, first off St. Mary's just, Basically chose, went to each mid-major conference and said, okay, we want to play your best team. Uh, and then he made a schedule out of that. Because <laughs> I uh, I don't only follow the West Coast Conference. I do keep track of uh, every other league also. So that way, when games come out of or schedules come out, I have some knowledge of who they're playing and how they might be this year. And my goodness, uh, the high majors were scared to schedule St. Mary's, so they just went out and made the most they could with the other mid-majors, and they did a great job scheduling. Uh, the first game of the year will be at Oral Roberts. Um, Max Abe is still on the team. 
really Oral Roberts will be a good challenge for them because they're so good offensively. So you'll see if the St. Mary's defense uh, can stop them. You have Max Abemis and a lot of shooters on that team, along with uh, some tall guys that can rebound. And they got actually an Arkansas transfer that's seven foot three. So they'll, you know, St. Mary's will get a good challenge out of Oral Roberts. That is a tough first matchup for uh, the team, and so that's a that's a game I'm really looking forward to. I think it's the game I'm most excited for on the opening uh, day for the West Coast Conference. So I'll be one I'm looking forward to. I do think St. Mary's will win that one. Uh, just, I think St. Mary's defense can overcome Oral Roberts' offensive prowess. So I think St. Mary's, even if it can't, I think St. Mary's can actually keep up uh, offensively. Oral Roberts isn't that great defensively. So I think St. Mary's will be able to win that one. Next up, they play uh, Vermont, November 10th. I have them winning that one. Vermont will be in a down year this year. They lost a lot last year. Uh, by down year, they will still, I mean, uh, be at the top of the American East, but Compared to the last couple teams they have, I don't see them being quite as good. Uh, a lot of freshmen they'll have to rely on. So uh, I think St. Mary's will be able to come away with a win on that one. The next game after that, they have North Texas. Uh, North Texas is a really good team. Uh, bring it, the, They're pretty uh, brought in two transfers. They're pretty old, experienced team, and they're always up there for uh, the conference title in the CUSA. I actually have St. Mary's losing that one. Uh, I think it's just going to be a tough game. North Texas is also good defensively. I think uh, the experience of North Texas will, especially the the guards they have, I think will be a little bit too much for the young St. Mary's guards. Um, I think they'll lose that one, especially after watching this last game versus Phoenix. If uh, North Texas and their guards, they're really good defensively. If they can uh, start to create turnovers from those young guards on St. Mary's, then uh, I think North Texas will win. Um Next game after that is Southern. I think they'll win that one easily. Uh, Southern is a solid team from the SWAC, but I don't see them uh, being able to compete with St. Mary's. Next game after that is Hofstra, and this is a this is a tough game. Don't let me fool you. Uh, Hofstra should win their conference and the uh, Colonial CAA. Uh, they'll be up there, top three, really good team led by Aaron Estrada, who's an Oregon transfer. He might be player of the conference for them. I mean, Hofstra is always good offensively too, so they always have that ability. If they can get hot, uh, they have upset potential. I do think St. Mary's will win that one still, um, but that one is one to watch uh, for upset alert. Tough game. Give Randy Bennett credit because especially three out of these first four games are teams that I would not say are at St. Mary's level. I'd say North Texas is a St. Mary's level-esque team, but Oral Roberts, Vermont, Hofstra, that's – high risk little reward game because those teams will win their low major conferences but they're still good teams um so credit randy bennett for going with the hard schedule i mean he did what he could uh with all basically no um power five teams wanting to play uh saint mary's besides in the tournament and their mte which they will play Vanderbilt first game and then either Fresno State or Washington second game. I think it'll be Washington. Washington got some transfers. They're a solid team. But I have St. Mary's beating Vanderbilt. Uh, they don't have Scotty Pippen anymore. Okay team, but bottom of the SEC, I think St. Mary's will 
be able to handle Vanderbilt and win. And then I think they'll play Washington, and I think they'll be able to actually beat Washington. Um, Washington has a couple players that might give St. Mary's fits, but I think St. Mary's should be fine, especially if Washington keeps playing that zone. I think Dukas and uh, Bockler might have big and Mahaney will have big games against them. Um, as long as they don't make turnovers, I think St. Mary's will win that one. Up next after that, they have New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico, I think they'll win. Uh, New Mexico has incredible guards. Uh, they should be a much better team, should be fighting in near the top half of the Mountain West, which is uh, good again this year. But uh, I think uh, St. Mary's defense will be able to hold down the rest of the players enough so that they're star- or the rest of the team enough so that they can minimize uh, the points the New Mexico scores because their guards will... They will score buckets, but uh, the rest of the team around them is not as strong, and I think St. Mary's will be able to take advantage of that and kind of just uh, get a tough win there. That is also a game that's kind of a trap game because you have two guards that are so good on the team in Jalen House and uh, Jamal Mashburn, and then they got a couple transfers this year to make the team better. But So if those guards can go off, they can get an upset because I would say St. Mary's favored in that game. But I think St. Mary's comes out of it with the win. Then you have the big game of them all versus Houston. Uh, I mean, Houston's going to be a one seed this year. They will be so good this year. Uh, so <laughs> that's going to be a tough game. Uh, it'll be a really good um, check for the team and uh, see how they are nationally. Because that at Houston, you'll see, will be ranked. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see... St. Mary's lose this one, and I do have them losing this one. Uh, I think Houston's star power, I mean, they got Sasser, who could be up for player of the year. He's that good, and they have a couple other players. I mean, it's a Final Four or Elite Eight team last year, and they returned basically everyone, but uh, they're two post players, but then they brought in a five-star five star player to replace one of them, and, you know, kind of the other, other post players are all replaceable because Houston just gets a ton of these lower-sized or smaller-sized players post players that all just rebound the heck out of the ball so i think houston will be really good i think st mary's will lose that one but i think they will come back and beat missouri state get a w there and then they have another tough game for san diego state who uh everyone's saying is going to be ranked this year top 25 i have them uh losing this one again i think that'll be a tough one san diego state's good defensively and they're experienced uh, i think i think they'll really struggle with that one um more so then the North Texas, uh, I think North Texas, Texas game will be close. Um, even I think St. Mary's has a good chance to win North Texas still, um, but San Diego State will be a tough one. Uh, they will be a really good team and should win the Mountain West Conference. So I've been losing that one. And then New Mexico State, a team that almost always wins the WAC. Fantastic team. I have them winning that game, but that will be a very great, good game. I mean, this non-conference schedule, I mean, I look at all these games. I'm excited for about every single one except for Southern. <laughs> so, I mean, Randy Bennett did a great job uh, scheduling games. New Mexico State's going to be a tough one, and it's a lot of good defensive teams too. A lot of these teams pride themselves on defense, and so you're going to have to see uh, whether the St. Mary's team, whether the offense is as good as I think they are. We'll know by the uh, first couple games of the season or through the non-conference, we'll know how uh, legit the offense really is for St. Mary's. Next up after that, they have Colorado State uh, lost David Roddy, but still have Isaiah Stevens, who was their second-best player, really good, could be a first-team All-Mountain West. I have uh, St. Mary's winning this one. Uh, the rest of the St. Colorado State roster isn't 
that impressive to me. Um, I think they're a little bit overhyped going into this year. I could be wrong. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't too impressed with the rest of the Colorado State roster. I think uh, St. Mary's will pull out the dub on that one. And then the final game in non-conference is Wyoming, and <laughs> Wyoming will be good. Uh, they they bring back everyone from their roster last year except for one shooter. But then they have a bench player replacing that shooter that should he should be just as good. And then they added three Pac-12 transfers. Uh, they, they will be a really good team. I have uh, Wyoming winning that one. And I think the biggest issue in that game will be the athleticism of Wyoming. Uh, they're going to be all tall. I mean, I think their head coach tweeted out that the average size in their starting lineup was like six seven, six eight, or something like that. Um, it is a huge lineup, uh, and they're all athletic. They're, I think uh, that historically has been a problem for St. Mary's. I mean, you look at the Memphis game, I think that was two years ago when they played Memphis, uh, first game of the year, and they struggled with that athleticism. And at times, uh, St. Mary's kind of struggles to compete with teams that are super athletic. So I think uh, St. Mary's will lose that game to Wyoming. But I have them rounding out non-conference 10-4, and four, really good for how hard of a schedule that is. And then going into conference, I have them going 12-4 and four with the only losses coming at BYU, at San Diego, at Gonzaga. Um. I actually have them going eleven and three, or thirteen and three. I think uh, I think they will pull off another upset at Gonzaga uh, at home. I think they'll win that one, um, but I think they'll lose uh, at BYU. I mean, the Rock's a hard place to play at. BYU solid. Um, they'll be good, and then San Diego has some pieces. Uh, it's it's going to be at it's going to be San Diego or San Fran, one of the two. Uh, that will beat St. Mary's. Um, it's tough to call who. I'm going to go with San Diego for now, but um, wouldn't be surprised if it was the San Fran at home or even away. And then the Gonzaga at the Kennel, that is just a – it's a tough place to win at. Um, so I have St. Mary's losing there. But overall, I have them going 23-7 uh, and seven this year. Really good. I – I they Joe Lenardi just put um, St. Mary's on the bubble. I don't see that. I see St. Mary's as a anywhere from a, about a six to a nine. I think St. Mary's or six to ten. Big range, yes, but uh, I mean an eight, nine, ten are still some or are still kind of bubble. You can uh, lose a couple games and then you get off the bubble watch or out on the wrong side of the bubble. So, um, but I think St. Mary's should easily be in the tournament. Um, would it be surprised to see him get another high, uh, single seed ranking again instead of the 10, 11, 12 spot? Um, it's a really good team. <laughs> well balanced, too, offensive and defensively. And you got Randy Bennett coaching you. All right. Now, last bit of uh, the podcast today, we'll talk about team awards uh, and league awards for them. Uh, MVP of the team this year will be Alex Dukas. Like I said, he's going to be the top scorer. He's going to be the alpha dog for the team. Uh, he's going to be very good. Uh, defensive player of the year will be Mitchell Saxon. Hard to choose between Logan Johnson, Kyle Bowen, and Mitch Saxon, but I'm going to go Mitch Saxon just because he looks so good. Um, he looks so good in the games in Australia defensively. He was creating fits for everyone down there. So I'm going to go Mitchell Saxon, Defensive Player of the Year. Six Man of the Year. This is also hard between Bockler and Marcellianus. Uh, I'm going to give it to 
I'm going to give it to Lemet Bockler. Excuse me. Lemet Bockler. Uh, he just looks so confident scoring. I think he could have some explosive games. I mean, what was it? The Texas Southern game his freshman year when I think he dropped 18 points, but he only missed like one three. He went like six for seven from three or something like that. Uh, I think he'll have a couple of those this year. I mean, he is just a flamethrower uh, when he gets going. So I think he'll have some big performances and be able to put up good stats as a six man or one of the lead guys coming off the bench. And then freshman of the year, it's going to be Aiden Mahaney. Um, he's so good. <laughs> and and uh, just, yeah, I mean, he's incredible. He's going to be the next star for St. Mary's. Uh, just lives up to what I thought he would be. I thought he'd be good, and I had him coming into the season as the freshman of the year. But, I mean, watching the games in Australia, I was just like, he will be more than freshman of the year. He has a chance at uh, second team, uh, all West Coast Conference, maybe even first if things go incredibly well for St. Mary's. And they uh, they do how I think they will this year. Uh, most improved player this year, uh, I'm going to give that, even though he didn't play last year, Chris Howe. Real, or nope, it's like Mitchell Saxon again. <laughs> Chris Howe is really impressive, but Mitchell Saxon... Huge step up from him this year. He's going to be great for St. Mary's. Uh, Chris Howe would be my honorable mention. Chris Howe really impressed me also. But Mitchell Saxon, like I said, uh, I was really worried about him. Just completely uh, blew me out. Like, just wasn't blew away anything that I thought negatively about him. He looked fantastic uh, for St. Mary's and should be a great piece for him for these next two years. And then going into league awards... Um, First team, I have Alex Dukas, um, maybe a Mitch Saxon. I don't know. And then a second team, I have Mitchell Saxon and Logan Johnson. But I just don't know. It's it's hard. Anything around Logan Johnson's hard because I don't know whether he was injured or something in Australia or that will really be his role this year, that he got relegated from a player that was second team all West Coast Conference two years in a row and then gets relegated to coming off the bench it's hard to believe that um so i want to say something's up uh so i will say logan johnson will be second team again um continuous streak so i hope that happens but yeah it was just really weird watching those games uh i'll have to look into it see if uh some saint mary's fans or someone knows what was up with that and then honorable mention ada mahaney and kyle bowen uh, both those players will be fantastic. St. Mary's will have a good team. I wouldn't be surprised to see him have four people on the league awards list. Um, if I were to move someone up to first team, it would probably be Mitchell Saxon. I think he's going to have a good year um, and kind of get into the first team like last year Yahoon Masalski was. Um, he won't put up Masalski stats, but he will be, I think, uh, one of the best centers in the league in the league this year. And then uh, Kyle Bone and Mahaney. And if that one of those two, I wouldn't see, be surprised to see on second team. Uh, that is all I have for St. Mary's. Uh, after a 35-minute podcast, just let it all out. Um, I'm really excited for the team this year. They look really good. They look really fun. <laughs> I mean, Aiden Mahaney, I'm going to say his name a lot just because he's so much fun to watch. It's like last year, Bouye. I just loved watching Bouye. He was so good. Um, and I think uh, Aiden Mahaney will replace that that role of just how much fun he is to watch. And then Augustus Marcillion is, uh, is one of my favorite players to watch uh, in the league, uh, in the West Coast Conference. 
I don't know why I keep saying league. In the West Coast Conference, uh, just really fun to see him operate out of a pick and roll. At times it can be frustrating, I won't lie, uh, seeing him uh, offensively miss some shots because uh, he's so good at getting open looks and getting create, creating separation for himself but uh, failing to convert. But uh, he's still a lot of fun to watch. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, this is the first of uh, – we'll be doing every team in the league after this. I'm actually going to go and watch the LMU game that they played over in, I think, Greece. So uh, thank you all for listening, and have a great day.